living faith. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading comes from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, verses 15 and 51. The Bible says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it from the sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Amen? You may be seated. Let me begin by saying happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the house and the young men that one day be fathers. We want to thank God for letting us to see another Father's Day. Amen? Well, this is going to be our, my third and our final sermon in this little series entitled Rising to the Occasion. And I've been saying to you that when someone used that terminology, someone rose to the occasion, uh, it normally means that they did what was necessary. Somebody say necessary. They did what was necessary to overcome a difficult situation. And today we're going to see that in David. Number two says to step up and step forward to do what is needed. Somebody say needed. Every now and then, somebody got to just step up and do what is needed without hesitation. Sometimes if you're going to rise to the occasion, you just got to step up. See, the people that rise to the occasion normally step out and step forward while everyone else is shrinking back. So I want to challenge you. There are opportunities in your life where you can step up, you can step forward and do what is needed at the time. Also, that means to to meet the challenge of an event. We're going to see David had to meet a challenge today in order to overcome the obstacle that was in front of Israel. And the last one says to offer services at a suitable or opportune time. And you know, as Christians, you know, we are called to serve. And what you have to do is ask God to show you when is it the opportune time for you to step up and do what he called you to do. Every one of you have gifts and talents that God has given you. And he expects you to use those gifts and talents in his service. And so therefore, in order to do that, sometimes you just got to rise to the occasion. Don't look for somebody else to do what God has already called you to do. Amen? Now, on last week, we looked at a couple of ladies, and uh, I thought we had a, a you know, pretty good response to that. You know, we, we saw how, you know, Ruth stepped up. We saw how Deborah stepped up. And, and we remember that Deborah was a woman that was stepped up and was in charge of the army. Directed, Cliff, the army. You know, and, and, and that lets me know that God is not a respecter person. You know, if we make ourselves available, God will use us. And we looked at it when Ruth stepped up in her mother-in-law's Naomi's life. And she stuck by her and was faithful to her, even when she could have walked away. 
but she stepped up and made sure that her mother-in-law survived. And so what I'm trying to tell you, there are opportunities in our lives where we can step up and we can help people do things that they need or we can help them to survive. Amen. And so what we have to do is be looking for opportunities when we can rise to the occasion. Now today we're going to take a look at David and see how he rose to the occasion in accepting the challenge of this bully. Somebody say bully. You know the world got bullies today. Everybody bully. You know people in power were bully, bully. I read articles in the church. They're preachers that just bullies. You know, <laughs> bullies. You know, you know, just kind of come at folk the wrong way. And so David had to deal with this bully because nobody else would. But because he trusted in God, he believed that God could help him deal with the bully. The bully named Goliath. Now look at this. David's background is this. Now David's daddy was named Jesse, and I'm going to make a connection to last week. And Jesse was the grandson of Boaz and Ruth. So that means that Boaz and Ruth are David's great-great-grandparents. And I like that because God brought a Moabite woman into the lineage of Jesus to let me know that God is not a respected person. And David now was the youngest. Anybody Bible scholar know how many sons his daddy had? Some of y'all been in Bible school long enough to know that. Just in case you didn't know, I'll tell you. He was the youngest of eight sons. And some would consider him major the runt of the litter. Y'all ever heard that terminology before? The runt, you know, normally you hear that with dogs, you know, when they have a litter of puppies. You know, if a dog has about six, seven puppies, one of them is going to be a little smaller than everybody else. The one that everybody thinks ain't going to make it. Maybe, you know, right now you're a little guy, and I don't know if your brother's bigger than you or not, but you know, if they're bigger than you, they may consider major is the runt. The run of the family. He the little one. He don't look as strong as everybody. But they don't know that if God get on the side inside of the run, the run can do something that the big guys. And you know the Lord sent a prophet to his dad's house to Jesse and say, "Look, we're looking for the next king." And the prophet looked for everybody based upon how they look outwardly. He looked at the outer appearance and started picking them sons. David didn't even get recognition because he was out taking care of sheep. And so when everybody got rejected, God told the prophet, hey, you know, man looks at the outer appearance and judge people, but I look at the... Sometimes it's what's inside of people that make the difference. You know, when I was playing football as a little boy, you know, the coach used to say, man, you just need to have some heart. Give me a little guy with heart and I'll put him up against a big guy who don't have. He used to tell her, it's, Melvin, he said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And there are some little dogs out there that got big fight. What of them named Steph Curry? <laughs> little dog. Big fight. Rose to the occasion. Now they got another ring. And every time someone gets crowned with a champion, as a champion, somebody got to rise 
to the occasion. So now David wasn't even part of the battle because he was taking care of his daddy's sheep. That was his primary job. So now when we get into chapter 17, and that's where I'm going to spend my time, of 1 Samuel, we find the Philistine army and the Israelite army are gathered on hills with a valley between them. And then there's this guy, Goliath, who is the champion of the Philistines, and he comes out of the ranks, and every day he comes out and challenges Israel. This guy was nine feet tall, they say, and he was fully armored up, head, legs, chest, sword, spear. He had it all. Some even say his, you know, spear weighed 15 pounds. But what we're going to see here when I go down to chapter 17, verses 8 through 11, we're going to see the challenge. Somebody say the challenge. You know, life is always going to present you a challenge every now and then. And it's up to you to determine what are you going to do when the challenge comes. Most people shrink, but some people are going to have to be able to stand up and take the challenge head on. Running from your problem don't solve them. It's only when you stand up and deal with what is really in front of you. And so, but every now and then, you ought to expect challenges in your life. You ought to expect challenges to come, and when they come, you got to rise. Now look at this. I'm in verse 8. It says, Goliath stood and shouted a ton across to the Israelites. While they were coming, all coming out to fight, he called, I am the Philistine Somebody said champion. You know, I told you, if you're going to be a champion, you got to be the champion. You, you can't just run around beating up little guys that don't amount to nothing. You're going to have to take on some big issues in your life. Stop dealing with them little bitty issues that you've been dealing with for years and you've got them under control. You need to take on them champions that fight. Them champions in your life that's coming against what God wants you to do. It's time for you to take them He says, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose a man to come down here and fight me. In other words, I want one-on-one, mano mano You know, man on man. We can save our country a whole lot of weaponry. We can save a whole lot of money if just one people, one person go down and let's do the fight. We can save a whole lot of lives because once I win, you'll be our slave. And if you win, we'll be your slave. That's what he says. He says, if you kill me, then we will be your slave. But if I kill you, you will be our slave. Then he says, I defy. You know, when you defy somebody, that means you're bold enough to tear to their face. You know, you, you know when, when you're talking about folk behind their back, you're scared. But if you really defy them, that means you don't have a problem getting right in their grill. Some of y'all need to stop talking about folk behind their back. If you got something to say, So he was out there right in their face, 
And the Bible says, he says, I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man to fight me. When Saul, King Saul, and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. What does that mean? Scared. Scared. Cliff, you know my analogy of scared. When I was a little boy, a dog with his tail in the air, normally you better watch out for him. He, he, he may put up a fight, but, but that dog that got his tail between his legs, scared. That's how you know them dogs were scared. And then, look, I don't want to be too graphic, but since y'all grow, they just start peeing on themselves. <laughs> I mean, I don't see this in real life. I mean, Kimlin's. And so my challenge to you is that it's time for you to not to be afraid of everything that comes in your life. Life's going to deal you ups and downs. You're going to get hit with some blows. You're going to have to go through your valleys. But when you do, you can't be Fear that paralyzes you is bad fear. Fear that makes you get out from in front of a car that's coming towards you, that's good fear. Ain't nothing wrong with being scared of a car hitting you and you get out of the way. But if you're going to be so afraid, afraid that you're going to stand up your eye like this, that ain't the type of fear you want. You want something that's going to put you to flight if a car is coming. But what I'm trying to tell some of you all is this. There are situations that come up in your life that you can't allow to terrify you and cause you to get into a state of fear. Because when you start trembling, you're not going to do what God called you to do. The thing that you got to understand, if you're going to tremble, tremble as you walk toward what God is telling you to do. Don't tremble and stand still. Because you ain't going to get nothing. And I believe sometimes you just trust God enough while you're going to your fight. He'll give you the courage and the strength. Because he done already worked some things out in your life. You just got to be bold enough to take the step. These guys were not bold enough to take the step. So guess what happened? Now David's three brothers, older brothers, were in Saul's army. And one day, David's daddy sent him on an errand. Somebody say errand boy. You know, you know, even in the drug game, the errand boy ain't nothing but a little. Just run errands for the big guy. Got no power, ain't got nothing. David was just running an errand. Major daddy said, hey, go take my boy some groceries since they're in battle. And then while you out there, check on and see how things are going with him. Just try to find out how are things going. And so guess what? Once he get there, he hear this giant talking noise. Just in the hood, we say they're talking smack. Then we add other words to that, too. But talking. You know, most fights start off with talking. You know, just be talking smack, and then all of a sudden somebody take it to the next. See, and that's what he was doing. He was just talking smack. We in church, I can't, you know. Some of y'all know. Y'all ain't too holy than, you know. 
you know, y'all done, y'all done probably used that yourself. So you better stop talking. <laughs> talking noise. That's what it is, baby. Okay, okay. Keep it PG. So now David goes there and, and, and he hears this because Goliath is coming out of the ranks. And so while David was there, he just asked a question. Because David put himself in a position where he was willing to take the risk in order to get a reward. Somebody say, the risk. You know, sometime in life, people who are successful are willing to take the Some of you are investors. And they say sometimes if you want a high return on your investment, you've got to be willing to take a I'm not a risky investor. My stuff is in something that don't give a 2%. But there are some people out there who have taken the and they put theirs in something that's going to get a 20, 25, 30% risk. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. But also it could be a great, but that's why it's called a, and so David was willing to risk his life for his country. He was willing to take on the giant. He accepted the risk in order to get the risk. How do I know? Let's read this. Verse 25 of that chapter says, have you seen the giant? The man asked. David in this camp. Now listen, talk. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered, a, somebody say huge, a huge reward to anyone who killed him. In other words, the king is about to make somebody rich. Money can be a powerful motivator. Hey Amen. You'd be surprised what folk would do for money. The OJs knew. I told you that before. But here the king was really, you know when the king put you in that position, he's about to change your whole lifestyle. How many of you know, you may not want to admit it because we're Christian now and we think all this, but don't you know money can change your Y'all ain't got to be too holy because it's Sunday today. Money can change your So the king was willing to make somebody rich to solve his problem. People today are wealthy because they are solving other people's When you can solve somebody's problem, they'll pay you for your service. So now look at it. He says, the king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. Not only that, he will give that man his daughter for a wife. What? I get some money, get a wife, and then he throw in a bonus. The man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. In America, you know that dog will hunt. A lot of people took him up on that major because so, these Americans, we just hate paying. We'll do anything for a tax break. You know, we're going to put stuff on our house, in our house, get a new door because it's going to give me a... I, I, but 
I don't understand. You got to pay something if you want new roads. Somebody got to pay taxes. All of us can't find every loophole, Melvin. We got to stop looking for every loophole. Sometimes we just got to pay off. Or we got to go and kill a giant and let us, the king relieve us of our... I know striving, y'all, y'all pay y'all taxes. Y'all don't cheat the government, amen? That is a sin. Amen. That is a... To lie on your... Let me move on. So the man's entire family... So guess what, child? David is about to do something that's not going to only bless him bless everybody in his family. Can I stop right there and put my father's day pitch in? You know, men, you ought to be doing something in your life that's going to bless more than you. You ought to be doing something that because you're doing it, your children and your grandchildren are going to be. You're not doing anything that once you're gone, they ain't going to remember you, then you're not fulfilling your job as a father. You ought to be leaving something so that once you're gone, people are still talking about what you did. Your children are are evidence of what you did in their life. And it ought to be bigger than just paying taxes. Amen. Now, I didn't come to pick on the father because it's Father's Day, but I figured I'd throw that in since David is a a little young man and uh, about to get married and we're going to be a father. And since we're in America, you know, no new taxes sell. I hear that every political season, no new. So now that was the deal. And so with that on the table, David was now willing to accept the, and accepting the challenge, he still stood a chance of getting a great reward on the other, other side. He accepted the risk and the reward would be great. But at the same time, there is a possibility that he could get killed. That's the chance you take when you invest your money in the market. And so what I'm trying to get you to see when we take a risk sometime, we got to be willing to let the stakes be high enough so that the return for that risk will be. We can't always play it. Sometime in life, you got to step up your game, accept the challenge, and take the risk. And believe that on the other side of that risk, If God led you to do it, that he's going to bless you for doing it. Now look what David asked. You know, David said, that deal sounds too good to be true. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? And then he come back and say, who is this pagan Philistine anyway? That he is a loud. Someone say a loud that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. Look at your life. What are some of the things that you are facing 
that you are uh, allowing to happen to you, allowing to confront you, allowing to deal with you. What are those things? You are, they ain't just doing it, they're doing it because you are. Uh, you got to stop allowing everything to come in your life to change your life for the worse. You're going to have to stop things that don't have God's glory connected to it from keeping you from doing what he's called you to do. What are you all? Could be simple things that's distracting you and taking your time from the Lord now. You used to would at least give him grace at dinner. But now we just die right. We used to at least say, Lord, thank you for another day before we go to bed. But now we just, you know, lay that with CNN on it, just gone. <laughs> we just allowed the comforts of life to keep us from communicating with our God. They allowed this giant to come out and to defy them every day. And not only them, but he was defying the army of the living God. Look what these men said. And these men said to David, the same reply. They said, yes, that is what the reward is for killing him. Now get this. David's older brother overhear the conversation. He says, now when David's older brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was, now he should have been glad. But something on the inside caused him to, be, to get angry at his younger brother all because he was just asking a question. What the king going to do for the dude that killed that giant? And instead of brother being a voice of encouragement, he was a voice of discouragement. And what you got to see is there going to be some people that come in your life when God has got you on the edge of doing something for him. And instead of encouraging you to do it, they're going to be a voice of this. When God plays something on your heart, you can't listen to everybody else talking around you. You got to listen to God because some people don't see what you see. And because they don't see what you see and know what you know, they're going to try to talk you out of doing what God said. And they may even do it with an envious tone and a jealous tone. You know, sometimes jealous folks, they don't want it, but they don't want nobody else to. They don't want it, but they just don't want to see nobody else with it. So look, he, he saw him talking. He became angry. He says, what are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about those few sheep? Man, insulting. You know, I told him to run. He the last one. Older brother, talking down. To the younger brother, you're supposed to be taken care of. I know your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. I mean, if I was going to talk some smack, if I was David, man, I ain't, ain't nothing to see. Y'all have been out here for 40 days just talking noise, but ain't nothing to... And now you're going to come and jump on me all because I asked them... Now look, I can tell Dave was, was used to this. Chop, he was used to this. You're the youngest boy, I think, in the family. He was used to this. David says, 
What have I done now? That means he done heard this noise before. Y'all, all, y'all always pick it on me. What have I done? I am only asking a question. Let me stop right there just for a moment. Some of you are afraid of questions. You don't want your children to question you. You don't want other folks to question you. But you should never be afraid of a question. Because you ought to have, if it's pertaining to you, you ought to have that. When your children start questioning you, parents, don't shut them down. Answer their questions. Entertain questions. It is questions that solve, cause us to solve problems. <laughs> Amen. When people start questioning certain things, it makes us think. And because of that, most people don't like to be. I can hear some of y'all wives right now, even though it's Father's Day. Why are you questioning me? But where you been, baby? What you, what? I just asked her. You ain't asked before. How all of a sudden now you want to know why? See? But brothers, you can't get intimidated and not ask them. That's your wife. You probably to protect her. Look out for her. So every now and then you all know what she is. And ladies, he ain't getting in your business because your business is his. This Father's Day, so I can say it like that on Father's Day. Huh? You know, I may have to change my tone on Mother's Day, but, you know, but in reality. Your business is his. I know we don't like to say it like that down in the culture we live in, but that's the truth. Mothers, let your husband be the man. Don't discourage him. Believe it or not, men are really very fragile underneath, especially when it comes to their wives, because you all know too much about us. And so, with one or two words, you can damage a brother's ego. He shouldn't have one, but he got one. We all got it. And when you do that, guess what? He may not want to go and fight that giant. You may take the fight out of the very one who can help your family. David is the runt that is about to be used by God to do something great. Don't let your size or stature determine the size of your heart. Because if your heart is big enough, you can take on a challenge that is bigger than you. Amen. So when David started asking these questions, the word get back to the king, Melvin. Who is this kid? Tell me he want to go out there and fight. Bring him here. Let me, let me have an interview with him. And, and, and what I want you to see when David go before King Saul, I want you to see David's convincing testimony. Because all he did was say what God had done. 
And because Chop, he believed that what God has done once, he could do it again, I got the confidence to believe that this giant is no bigger than any other problem that I've faced in my life. Why? Because I got experiences, experiences with God. See, the reason some of us don't have a testimony, we don't have an experience. But if you have an experience with God, you got a testimony that you can convince someone else that God is real and that he's able to deliver his people out of their trouble. So let's look at this exchange between David and the king. David walks in and says, don't worry. Stop worrying about this Philistine. David said, I'll go and fight him. Now, the king ain't got no other takers out there. He done put the reward out. But the first thing he look, does is look at David's side. That dude, nine feet, six inches tall, you, you ain't even on Your runt ain't even been to basic training yet. And all of a sudden, now you want to go out there and take on a champion? Now, the king is thinking natural. See, sometimes when people look at you, they don't think you have the capability to do what's before you. But what you got to say, what you don't see is what's in. What's inside of me is what enabled me to get over the things that God has allowed to come into my life. So now look at this. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. <laughs> you know, sometimes maybe you do have to send a boy. Y'all not feeling the blame. Y'all all right? Y'all follow me? Every now and then. If a man won't step up, let me, let me, let me help some of y'all right now. Sons, if your daddy ain't doing what he's supposed to do, you need to step up and make sure that your mama going to be okay. Now, I hope, brothers, y'all doing what you're supposed to do. But just in case you're not, I want your son to be prepared to take your... I know that's tough. It shouldn't work that way. But I know that there are a lot of ladies, single women, who are raising young men. And those young men have to step up and be the man when they don't even have an example of a man in front of them. They're only boys. But they got to protect the house like a... Look, he says, you're only a boy. And he's been a man of war from his youth. David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from his mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by its jaw and club it. To death. David talked about experiences. I have done this both to lions and bears. And I'll do it to this pagan 
Philistine. David called him out his name, man. David, <laughs> David talking smack too. For he has defied the army of the living God. Look what he said. Here's my testimony. The Lord rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear. The same Lord will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and the Lord, and may the Lord be with you. Now, guess what happened there? Saul decided to consent because David had a convincing testimony, which leads us to this confrontation. But what happens is, is that Saul want to give David his armor. Willie, you scared to put it on? Why you won't get to? If you don't think it can protect you, why you won't give it to? So Faith Dave said, hey man, this ain't suitable. I can't go out there and fight this guy in your armor because if I do, I'll be fighting him on his terms. He is looking for somebody to come out there dressed like that. But what we got to do, we got to have another strategy. I'm going to go with him with something I'm familiar with. So the Bible said, David, you know, he just takes some smooth stones. Now look at this. So as David get ready to go, take some smooth stones, five smooth stones to say. Some believe that, you know, Goliath has some brothers. David, just in case he missed him, he's going to have another one. But but once he got the smooth stone, all he was armed with, Melvin, was with a sling, a little bag, and a staff. That don't look like a man going to take on a champion. But what you see is the man that got God on the inside of him. Because early on, God had already filled David with his spirit. When he took his spirit from Saul earlier, he put his spirit. David had already been anointed to do what he was about to do. Now it was time to execute what he had been anointed to do because this was a stepping stone to the kingdom. Amen. And so what happens is Goliath comes to David, David goes to Goliath, and guess where they have to meet up at, Faith? Down in the valley. See, what people don't tell you when you get saved is that every now and then there's going to be some valleys in your life. Valleys are low places, depressed places. And every now and then, in order to get back on top of the mountain, you're going to have to go through the And see, when you don't want to go through the valley, you're not prepared to go through the valley, when those times come in your life, they will overwhelm you. And then you become fearful, and you'll forget about your experiences with God. When you're going through the valleys of your life, you got to fall back on your egg. You can't go on what you ain't never seen right now, but what you got to go on is what God has already And because of what he's already done, it gives me the confidence to go through the valley believing that he's going to get me through this too. Life will have valleys in them. And, and, and I want you to understand that. But because you're going through the valley, when you're going through, David said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of 
going through is not time for you to stop in the valley. The problem is a lot of us get in the valley and we linger, we stop, and then all of a sudden now the valley overwhelms us and we become depressed. We become exactly what the valley is, a depressed place. You just become a depressed person. When you're going through, you're going to have to keep walking. So David and Goliath meet in the valley. And we're going to close with this confrontation. The confrontation, this, this mano imano, the battle between the little boy and the giant. And see, what you got to see, this is more than just a little allegorical story that we tell kids in Sunday school. And a lot of times we put it in that light and we, we miss the importance of what David was doing and how he represented his whole nature because he trusted God. So one of the things you got to get out of this is that no matter what comes in your life, you got to, you got to trust God. That ain't, that ain't no little fairy tale. That, that is not no little allegorical story. There are going to be things coming in your life and you can't trust man, you can't trust your stuff, you're going to have to trust And when you put your trust in God and when you put your faith and your hope in him, then that will encourage you to go on through your valley. But when you start looking to man too often, man is going through his valley too. See, this is what I've learned from experience of losing loved ones. My phone was blowing up the first two weeks. Man, I couldn't answer all the texts. Every down the ground. A month into this thing, like to move. Somebody going through their own valley now, so they ain't got time to look back and say, how is Pastor Bowden doing his? Life is coming at me hard now. I, I, I had the time I was with him when it first started, but now he better be able to get on through this valley. He may be in my thoughts and prayer, but I ain't calling him every day like I did. I ain't, no, no, no. So what I'm trying to tell you, people are going to give you about two weeks to get through what you're going through. <laughs> they still love you, they don't hate you, but life's going to come at them too. And they're going to have to get on with And that's what you're going to have to do. When life hits you, at some point in time, you're going to have to get on with your life with just you and God. And there's no fault of people. That's just the way it is. So now look at this confrontation. When David goes out and meets Goliath, and I'm going to wrap this up with 251, 43, 251. Goliath started out this confrontation with words. I told you that most fights starts with words. You know, I, I was looking at, you know, I get bored now, so every now and then I look at movies just to keep up with what's going on. And I was looking at this movie, with The Rap Wars, and how all this stuff happened. And them boys kill each other, but the killing start with... They talk about each other in their music. And then someone said, don't you know he talking about Don't you know he talking about he done got with your woman? Y'all know what I'm watching, don't you? <laughs> 
And all of a sudden, that talk turned into somebody want to take and talk to action. Most conflicts in the world start with Sometimes, husband and wife, you just got to stop talking. <laughs> just stop talking. Because if you keep talking, your feelings, your emotions get caught up in it. And then somebody call you a dog. Let's read what the Bible says. Look what he says, David. Am I a dog, he roared back, that you come at me with sticks? And he cursed David by the name of his God. And you know, I think all of y'all have been cursed before, ain't you? Somebody, most of y'all. Maybe y'all was the one doing the cursing. I don't know. But you're saved now. So you can get your point across without cursing. Christian, let me get the record straight. Christian shouldn't curse. Even though the donkey, the ASS, is in the Bible, it's in the Bible. Yeah. But when you use it, you ain't using it in that context. <laughs> you ain't using that context. So you can't take something out of context and say, because in the Bible, I want to keep it in my vocabulary. On this Father's Day, some of you men, y'all need to stop cursing. I know I got some curses in the house and online. Y'all just need to stop cursing. With the same mouth that you bless your children with, you shouldn't be cursing them. Come over here, he yelled, verse 44, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, yelled Goliath. Goliath yelled. In other words, he's just talking noise. David didn't take that lightly. David replied back, you come at me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army and the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. In other words, you coming to me in the flesh and all your weaponry, but I'm coming at you in the Lord. And if he's on my side, he's going to be more than enough to defeat you. See, that's what you got to keep in your heart and mind when you're going through things in life, that if God is on your side, and if God is with you, you're going to have to carry yourself like a champion. You're going to have to carry yourself like you're winning even though you're still in the valley. Look at this. In verse 46, he says, today, somebody shout today. He says, today the Lord will conquer you. Not me. The Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the animals. Man, this is a little David. This is a boy. Talking in the power of the Lord. Telling what he's going to do to the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. That's, there ought to be something that happened in our life, in our ministry, that people will know that there's a God in strife. God ought to be moving in us and moving in our hearts, and we ought to be doing some things that when people look and see what you do, they ought to be saying, there is a God in strife. 
Look at verse 47. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give, it, give you to us. Now look at this. As David, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. See, sometimes the strategy is you sit back and let the fight come to you. But when you got the power of God on your side, you don't mind taking the fight to the other guy. In other words, David ran to his problem. See, sometimes y'all are slow walking to your problem. Instead of you're going to have to run and take care of some things in your life. You can't just go to sleep and hope, I'm going to wake up in the morning, it's going to be gone. No. It's going to still be right there. At some point in time, you got to make up your mind that whatever it is in front of me, I'm not going to run from it, I'm going to run right, right to it. So David made these comments. Now look, David ran to meet him. Reaching in his shepherd's bag, Taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit him in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell. The Bible just didn't say he fell down, Melvin. See, the Bible used language to let us know what type of fall it was. He fell down on his... You sure enough, sure enough, been knocked out when somebody fall on their... Normally, that's unusual for you to get knocked down and fall forward. You don't fall back, your heels go back. This dude fell on his. See, what you got to see is that every now and then, man, you got to take on some stuff, and then you're just going to have to get knocked out of your life and fall flat on their face. And once you get them down or get it down, you can't take chance to believe that you got it the first time. David could say, you know, Tanya, David changed the landscape of warfare. See, Goliath came in looking for infantry, hand-to-hand combat. David put air power on him. He put air power on him. See, I ain't but five foot eleven. This dude, nine feet six. He wants me to get too close to him, but with air power. I can fight him from a distance. I don't even have to get up close to his face. He, there's no chance he's going to hit me, because before he can get to me, this missile going to hit him right in his air power. Now, after you tab the territory with air power, you got to have ground power. But air power soften up everything for everybody else. So guess what? The giant fall flat down on his David now goes over and do what the winner does. It sounds kind of bad to be in the Bible. But the Bible said David went over and got his own sword, Major, and cut off his... You know a snake ain't dead till the head gone. I don't care what folks say, man. You know, whenever I'm dealing with a snake, and I know some people, y'all snake lover, but I ain't. When I try to get... I, I, I'm trying to... I'm trying to take, I ain't trying to get the tail nowhere else. I want the, 
When you kill the head, everything else gonna die. Now look here, David cut off his when the army of the Philistines saw that their champion was they lost their will to fight. And guess what they did? They started to but the condition was is that if I win, you just put your weapon down and come on and be my slave. But them guys forgot the condition. They decided they were going so guess what? Once you get your problems and running, don't you stop running after till you, till you kill it. Don't just say, oh, it just ran away. No, it ran away for a season. Once you get your problem under control, you got to stay on top of it till you kill it. And every little thing that's associated. Because if you don't, it's going to come back on you. So they chased them caught them, killed most of them, and guess what? After they did that, Faith, they came back and took their stuff. They just plundered them, they call it in the Bible. We call it in the hood. I'm just, you had a gold chain on? I done beat you now. I'm going to just, mine now. Mine. My stuff now. You, you like that chain? Blown to me. Fat boy got a little gold on right here right now. Ain't nobody going to take this though. But, but, but they're saying, I'm not going to let you keep what's yours when I done beat you. We sing song about going into the enemy's camp and taking back what he took from me. I'm trying to get us to the point where, hey, we don't let him take it. That we stand up and fight the battle beforehand so that we don't have to go back into his camp and take it. But as I close with just this, David rose to the the whole nation was blessed. The army got motivated after David killed the champion. And so every now and then, like I said, you got to kill a champion to be a champion. You got to take on something to overcome something. And so when David did that, now God was positioning him to be the next king. Everybody thought there was going to be a wife some money, and taxes. But also in that package that Saul didn't give, God gave was the throne. The throne. And so what I'm trying to get you to see today, don't let the size that you possess prevent you from taking on big issues in your life if you got the power of God in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit. Don't run away from your problems. Don't run away from them. Face your problem. Accept the risk. They say in basketball, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Every now and then, Major, you just got to... And if you got to pray it in, long as it go through the nets, the man put up his hand like this. Game over. And when the game is over, Pam, time to shout now. Time to celebrate. Because that's what winners, that's what people who rise to the occasion overcome some things like that. That's what they, they sell up. 
And we got to get back into that celebratory spirit where we start celebrating because God has allowed us to win some things. Amen? Rising to the occasion. God has put something in front of you, and he's expecting you to step up and do what he's called you to do. Amen? Why don't we stand and give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. We praise your name today, God. We give you thanks today, God. We thank you for giving us a victory. God, our salvation itself is a victory. Is a victory. Is a victory. Every head bow and every eye close. You may be seated. Every head bow and every eye close. My, my first appeal is for salvation. If you're here and you want to give the, your life to the Lord, you're saying, yes, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I accept him and I believe by faith that what he accomplished on the cross will ensure that I have eternal life. And if that is you and you say, yes, Pastor, you can be online. You can give us a call here, 850-862-3899. If you're in the house, you may want to raise your hand this time and we'll have an usher to come and minister to you. That is you, just please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. If you're online, again, give us a call. Then my second appeal, if you're here and you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and saying, striving for perfection ministry is the place for you and you feel like this is where you, your family, or if you're single, you want to come, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Truly be an honor and privilege to have you as a part of this body, and that is your desire. Please raise your hand. Okay, I see no hands. Then my third appeal, my third appeal is just for prayer. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we honor you and give you thanks on today. We thank you for this lesson that we've learned, God, and we just ask that you will place it in our hearts, God, that when a situation arises, that we will rise to the occasion, that we won't shrink back, but God, that we will go forward and believe that with you on our side, we can take on things that come in our lives. I thank you for these examples that you've given us, God, through this series. And I just pray, God, that you continue to strengthen us, empower us, embolden us to do all that you've called us to do. And God, when we do it, let us never forget to give you praise, honor, and glory, because it's because of you that we are who we are and, and we do what we do. And we could not do it without your strength and without your power. So we thank you, God, in advance for what you've done and for what you're yet going to do in our lives. And God, we come against and lift up anything that will be uh, attacking us right now, God, that will have us in those low places in our lives, God. We come against that right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray that, God, those who may be going through a valley right now, God, that they will keep pressing on, they will keep fighting on, God, they will keep moving on, believing that you are right there with them, God. They will fear no evil, even though they are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. God, I thank you for what you're going to do because you've done it before. And I just ask that you continue to live, live, lead, lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will.